Hello, and welcome to the Translation Company Talk, a weekly podcast show focusing on translation services and the language industry. The Translation Company Talk covers topics of interest for professionals engaged in the business of translation, localization, transcription, interpreting, and language technology. The Translation Company Talk is sponsored by Hybrid Links. Your host is Sultan Ghaznawi with today's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Translation Company Talk podcast. Our industry is rapidly transforming and in many ways we are responding to changes that are taking place outside of our industry. We depend on end users of translation services and adjust our services based on their demand and evolution. For example, the way governments use translation has changed and as such our role has also changed. Today we will be taking a look at regulated industries and my guest Alex Jarvis from Topan Digital Language will explain to us what the sector is and the kind of opportunities and challenges that it presents. Alexandra, or Alex for short, focuses on building value through corporate development, strategic initiatives, mergers and acquisitions, partner relationships and finance. Alex has spent 16 years in financial services as an equity analyst focused on the technology and services sector. Before joining the language industry with SDL in 2017, where she was Senior Vice President of Corporate Strategy, Corporate Marketing and Communications. Alex holds an MA in Modern Languages from the University of Oxford. Thank you for joining us today, Alex, and welcome to the Translation Company Talk. Thanks, Sultan. It's great to be here. Please introduce yourself to our podcast listeners and tell us what you do, Alex. Sure. So thank you very much. So I'm Alexandra Jarvis. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Topan Digital Language. We're a new business established, but within a multi-billion dollar corporation, which is Topan Inc. And we focus on what is mostly easily understood as business critical content. So my role within that company is business building. So corporate strategy, acquisitions, partnerships and financial planning. Interesting. Now, uh, Alex, how did you join this industry localization? Uh, Tell us about your story, some background, please. So weirdly, I did actually have a degree in modern languages, but a, a long time ago, and then took a completely circuitous route back into the industry. But prior to... TDL, um, I was on the executive team at, at SDL, where I was responsible for corporate development, M&A, investors and corporate marketing. But prior to that, I was in a completely different career. Um, I was a stockbroker and equity analyst specializing in tech companies. But SDL was one of the companies I knew. It was a, a public listed company in London. So I'd known them for about 10 years before I eventually joined the team. Interesting. Now, uh, what has been your experience in this industry since you've joined? So it's been a, a roller coaster of kind of four years. I, I've had pr- a pretty broad role. So I've really looked at the industry from top to bottom in terms of you know, size of vendors, in terms of uh, size of accounts, uh, and across lots of dis- different disciplines, uh, including quite a lot on technology. So it's, it's been quite an intriguing industry to observe from the outside. I think the problems that the industry is designed to solve are becoming increasingly complicated. I think we all recognize that. So as the content value chain becomes more, more agile and more complex, the old way of serving that market has really had to change. It's a little too simplistic to characterize it as a digital transformation, um, but that is a large part of the challenge. Okay, so let's talk about the issue or the subject of our conversation today. We're going to be covering regulated industries. Why don't you take a 10,000 feet high level view of this sector and what it means for language industry? Just give us an introduction of regulated industries, if you want, please. Sure, so we talk about regulated content um, or high risk or business 
critical content. Um, that content is more often found in what are heavily regulated industries. So life sciences, pharma, financial services, but it can also be found in departments of any business, which might be the legal department or finance department. So it's really the content uh, rather than the industry that we focus on. Uh, we recently acquired a company called Global Lexicon, um, which, for example, is a leader in localization for market research. So although that's not a regulated industry, although they're standards bodies, it firmly falls into the bucket of business critical operational content. Because if you're launching a research study in five, ten countries, it's absolutely critical for the quality of the data that the client ultimately gathers that you're getting the translation right and consistent across those studies. So that would be an example of a business critical content, albeit not within a regulated industry necessarily. Okay. And so where do LSPs fit into this this uh, food chain, if you will? Uh, where do they add value uh, in regulated industries? So very simply, we would help them go to market safely, we help them operate safely and on time. So in many cases, the cost of not doing that can be very high to the client. So we would add value through provision of, of specialist accurate localization. We also add value by being very, very tightly aligned to the and responsive to the to the content processes of that customer. So for example, you cannot have a wrongly translated clinical label. You cannot delay an IPO because you're still waiting for the translation, or you cannot open the client up to a liability through a mistranslation. And so because it's so strategic, actually, it's not unusual to see clients build um, some of their own in-house capability. But certainly the LSP is an extension of that client's content team in one form or another. Okay. Would you say that regulated industries have stringent requirements and, and that scares LSPs from focusing on, on this sector of business? So I think it is self-evident that the barriers to entry are quite high. That's for certain. So if you take security as an example, um, or standards like HIPAA or, or various other InfoSec security standards, that can be quite a heavy upfront investment and, and also costly to maintain. Even answering an RFP can be quite an onerous task if you're doing it, for example, for an investment bank um, who have very, very serious requirements, particularly around security and, um, and sort of IT infrastructure. But the benefits are also there to grab. So once you're in an account and delivering well and compliant with all those requirements, the client's stickiness is also likely to be higher than in other areas of the market where uh, there is uh, some level of commoditization. And you just touched upon some uh, upon something very important. You said the stickiness will be different or probably higher than other, other areas of market. What does that mean for an LSP in terms of longevity and the relationship? Yeah, so it's not abnormal to have client relationships which you know go back decades now that's not unusual in the broader industry but um, I think we would all recognize in certain parts of, of localization in translation the competition is more fierce um, because um, the barriers to entry for those vendors are simply lower once you become a trusted partner in a regulated industry or dealing with regulated content those customers are, um, you know, the risk associated with moving vendors is much, much higher. So much less likely to do it. That does not mean that the pricing is always in the favour of the vendor. Of course, you've got to kind of also work with the procurement departments who can be, you know, well, they certainly do their job. But certainly in terms of the longevity and the quality of the relationship, you know, because you're able to demonstrate um, your value add, um, in my experience, you're able to, to maintain those client 
um, relationships for, for a good length of time. What does an LSP need to do to gear itself uh, from offering language services to traditional consumers or industries and to position itself for regulated industries? How do you prepare yourself? So I think the first thing to do is really focus. So even within the industries I've talked about, life sciences, financial services, for example, there are many different subsectors. So it's really a case of finding one where you've got a particular angle, maybe you've got a history in that market or you know people that do, and where you can identify a gap because you're going to need to make sure that you get the right return on investment. There's a lot of effort to, to attack these markets. So really talk to people from that industry, start to identify the buying centres and the requirements, and then you need to look at the gaps that you need to close as a vendor, uh, whether that's operationally or commercially, to address those and work out whether that is something that you want to start building towards. I think patience is the other the other virtue in this in this game. I think it's not something you can get into on a six month or twelve month basis. You'd be really looking to enter it into over the course of you know three years plus. By definition, as you mentioned, regulation has a paramount role in these industries. What do LSPs need to know about these rules imposed in these industries? So, yeah, it's very important that you do stay on top of all of the, the standard changes, the regulatory changes, not only to deliver the right service to your customers, but also to anticipate the big cycles of activity and to be able to sell into those big cycles of activity. So when there's regulatory change, that drives more content change and, and therefore translation volumes. Um, and that's, again, why it's quite useful to, to focus on subsectors so that you're able to keep on top of all of those regulatory changes and stay close to whether it's industry bodies um, or stay on top of particular and um, changes in particular regions, for example. Okay. And so let's talk about, um, you know, um, the structure of an LSP working in regulated space. Does it need to have a different structure compared to regular LSPs? So I think the broad structure is very similar, but the shape of investment might be a little bit different. So, for example, there might be a larger technology or integration team because you're very often integrating with content management systems. Uh, you may have more specialism in the sales team and the customer success team. Um, there may be, in some cases, more in-house resources to cope with urgent or highly specialised tasks. Or, for example, in our team, we provide some non-linguistic services that are specifically linked to market research. Um, so, yeah, there are some nuances around uh, around the edges. And so those nuances, if we dig a little bit deeper, what does it mean? Does it mean that an LSP should invest more? Uh, how do they position themselves? I think you have to really position yourself as an expert in that industry and as a trusted partner. And that means that you really have to dig deep into those business processes of your, of your particular industry and customer. That means understanding their processes, their KPIs, their technology ecosystem, and really working around those and also being flexible to offer what might be non-standard services. You've got to be quite agile in on that front. So, for example, um, transcription is rising as a, as a requirement. So you've got to be able to build trans transcription resourcing and capability. Um, again, in the market research sector, there is the whole set of additional content tasks which need to be um, undertaken in order to um, ensure the credibility or the, the integrity of, of, the, um, of the research. So you have to be able to kind of be relatively flexible around all of those bits and pieces. 
This podcast is made possible with sponsorship from Hybrid Links, a human-in-the-loop provider of translation and data collection services for healthcare, education, legal, and government sectors. Visit hybridlinks.com to learn more. What does revenue and profitability um, look like for an LSP specializing to deliver services in the regulated industries? So I've not noticed a particular difference in terms of the revenue profile. It can still be that typical lumpy and seasonal uh, revenue profile. Uh, But broadly speaking, we would expect profitability to be slightly higher than the average um, sort of LSP revenue. And that's because of the specialism and, of course, that business criticality of the content. Okay. And so, you know, uh, LSPs have to prepare themselves uh, because those those industries present a certain uh, type of opportunity. So to gear up for providing services to regulated industries, they have to build a workforce uh, that should support their unique requirements. How should they build their supply chains? So it's quite likely that you'll need a level of specialism really across your whole supply chain. So that's the project managers, the QA, the vendor managers and the linguists. So I think the reality is that if you're working in, in these industries or with these content types, you need you need to be able to recruit well, but also have a relatively well-developed in-house training program because the resources don't necessarily come kind of ready to go. So um, do regulated industries require LSPs to invest in building internal linguistic capabilities in-house teams? So some... I haven't yet seen an argument to say that that should be the majority, but certainly some in-house capability is very useful. In some cases, the clients may prefer it for quality reasons, for security purposes. They've worked on the task before and they have a certain level of assurance around that. Um, And also for agility and being close to the project, it can help. But I would still expect the, the majority of tasks to be outsourced. Okay, so let's talk about what LSP leadership and management decision making looks like in the context of regulated industries. Alex, can you shed some light on what are top of mind for decision makers in these language companies? So I think because the customer requirements can be quite distinct, it's really about listening to the customers and working out how to meet those requirements today and in the future. So some of the toolkit is the same as in the wider industry, uh, whether that's machine translation, TMS, but there are also some quite distinct elements too. Um, So areas such as information security are particularly top of mind, for example. I think uh, reporting compliance are two very critical aspects of these industries and associated neighboring industries. Uh, How would they affect LSP performance and how they operate? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, And it is a... is is a distinction within the regulated industries world. The customers really need to be able to have transparency on the processes and assurance around many aspects of compliance, whether that's information security, quality assurance or others. So I think there's elements of the relationship that need to be a lot more open than in possibly in a generic model. So that could include, for example, giving visibility of the linguistic resources used or even providing background checks and vetting. The partnership is strategic, it's close and it's transparent um, because of it being involved with with business critical content. So the the vendor cannot be opaque to the customer. Okay. When you're talking about this type of um, closeness in terms of relationship, what does it mean for LSPs in order to be prepared to to develop that transparency and and that level of uh, access that they normally not used to? Yeah, it can be a bit of a mind mind, um, shift for, for LSPs who are not prepared or haven't worked like that in the past. 
But I think you've just got to come at it from the customer's perspective. You've got to act as though you are an extension of that um, that customer's team and behave as such. And let's let's focus our uh, our attention on on sales and business development. How does sales and sales cycles? How do they look like in regulated industries? So relationships are incredibly important because the trust element is really critical in these industries, um, and that's. That's across commercial, it's across procurement and operational parts of the business. They really like to have visibility into all different parts of the business. But in like in the rest of the industry, there can be some quite short um, sales cycles. So some for ad hoc pieces of work, you know, for example, if their main supplier is not able to deliver and um, they may, you know, throw you some, some bits and pieces. Um, but right at the other end, you've got the all singing, all dancing RFP process, you know, to go cold into a client, you know, can, can take many years, certainly. So from your experience, um, talking about technology, how has that uh, adoption of technology affected the LSP relationship and in regulated industries? So different parts of the industry have been moving at different speeds. Um, and that's around um, the adoption even of basic technology um, or views about machine translation, for example, um, whether it's appropriate to be used in regulated industries. Um, but what I do see is that language technology is now getting caught up in a bigger conversation about digital transformation in those industries, led often by completely different groups that aren't, you know, aren't part of the localization world. Um, it sometimes starts at the content management system or it might be part of an exploration of, of AI. AI or natural language processing, but certainly um, I do see sort of the horizon, the technology horizon shifting for a lot of these companies. And I think the COVID pandemic has obviously accelerated some of that thinking. Do you see LSPs that don't have the proper tooling and experience trying to make a niche in this sector? Uh, are they doing that? Are they setting themselves up for failure if they're not prepared? Well, typically, if they don't have the right processes and resources, that they're only going to get relatively ad hoc work. Uh, what I see more often is small LSPs trying and trying to enter newer sectors where barriers to entry are a little lower. Um, they might be adjacent to those regulated industries, but they're not the full-blown um, regulated environment. Um, so things like e-commerce, for example, or fintech, but it, but more on the sort of marketing side of things, I suppose. So how do you foresee regulated industries, Alex, uh, creating demand for translation services in the next 24 months or so? So we're seeing pretty strong demand and I expect to see continue to see the market to grow. But I do expect some of the conversations to continue to change, whether that's around technology security or, or machine translation, for example. What I do see is customers approaching translation from a slightly different perspective, as I mentioned earlier, as part of the transformation and digitization of their entire content value chain. Um, we're starting to see some um, some greater insourcing as well. So, which is an interesting move from customers. I think it's saying that firstly, their view of translation is that it's becoming more strategic for them, at least through this cycle, and that the vendors are not fully meeting their needs, whether that's at a price level or a solution level. So that's quite an interesting piece to observe um, how fully that sort of swings towards insourcing. But overall, I expect the market to continue to grow as it has been. What is your advice for language companies that are thinking about creating a niche in the regulated industry sector? So I think history proves that it can definitely be worth your while. Typically, it's the specialist LSPs that are able to command a higher valuation when it comes to sell, and that's really driven by the margin profile of the businesses and, and, and often also the growth profile. Um, and certainly as large 
but large elements of the industry are commoditizing, it can be possibly a safer and maybe more interesting area to focus on. Uh, Alex, for our colleagues who work in localization and site regulated industries, what message would you like to send if they are interested to hear from our side of the industry? Well, of course, uh, reach out. Uh, there are some quite big challenges to solve and many different moving pieces at the moment, particularly in that technology landscape, whether that's natural language processing, machine translation, um, security, but clients and vendors now need to be pretty ambitious and start having more open conversations to really start solving the challenges that have been hanging around a little too long in the industry. Um, and certainly at Top and Digital Language, that's what, what we're here for. Um, we, you know, we had a conversation with a client quite recently where he talked about not having solved the same problem for the last decade, but you know, frankly, that has to change now and people need to start moving forward into a, into a completely different paradigm. Alex, uh, that was a very fascinating conversation indeed. I think there's a lot for us to learn and explore in the context of regulated industries and you have outlined very important aspects of this sector. I hope we can do this again sometime. And uh, with that, I want to thank you for your time and all the information you shared with us today. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to speak to you. While some industries have become the wild, wild west where anything goes, there are industries that have to strictly abide by regulation and rules such as financial, medical, legal and several others. As Alex pointed out, these parts of the economy present great opportunities for translation services providers as they need experts that can guarantee their compliance with regulations and their promise to their customers. As they say, the higher the risk, the higher the reward. While these sectors present nice opportunities, the risks and challenges are equally high. Alex touched upon the role of the LSP in understanding the regulations imposed on buyers of translation services in these sectors that requires investment in time and money. In addition, this sector also requires a certain degree of transparency and reporting and compliance that LSPs are not traditionally used to. As a language organization, if you have the right mindset, tools, people and understanding of these sectors, you may develop a profitable niche that will not be met with competition as much as other sectors. That was a great conversation with Alex Jarvis from Topan Digital Language. I think we will continue to discuss regulated industries in future episodes and I'm very excited about Topan's endeavors in this sector. We will keep you posted on developments with this organization in the coming months. Don't forget to subscribe to the Translation Company Talk podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your platform of choice. Give us a 5-star rating or thumbs up wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.